We pay homage to Olo Dumare, the creator of the universe. Homage to the totality of the Orisha. Homage to all the sacred Odu. We pay homage to our ancestors. We call on all the positive forces of the universe to be supportive of us throughout this journey. Ashe. We are pleading to all the beneficiaries of this work to use these Odu for the benefit of all people and that you should refrain from pirating this piece of work in any known form in order for us to serve you better. Ashe. Now, we will recite the 16 principal Odu and we shall take two verses for each, starting with Ejiokbe. Greetings and blessings, Etabo. Welcome to Why How You're About House to Worship. Hour of Power. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited again tonight because we have our guest from last week returning, Haru Ashe. So let's get it started. Let me do the blessings. Omi tutu, ori tutu, ona tutu, ele tutu, tutu e gungu, tutu e shu. And <clears throat> we give thanks to Mother Earth, to the divine spirit all around us and inside of us. We thank Mother Earth for the resources. We thank ourselves for the resources of continuing our soul's journey forward on the earth. And in conjunction with keeping with unity in mind, I read the unity prayer by Baba Tienji. Olo Dumari, we tune the name in thanksgiving and appreciation that we may come together in the name of Mother Earth, Onile, with one heart and one mind. It is our intention to gather in prayer so we may transform the negative elements in the world that would see humanity enslaved in the illusion of lack, limitation, and confusion. We call upon your ashe to unite us in like-mindedness, balance, and good character so your ashe may flow through us collectively and have a powerful influence on those who seek to keep us in ignorance. We ask that we be able to recognize those same elements that we seek to change in the world within ourselves and overcome them with the strength and spirit of the warrior. Let us be a tool for change, for the wisdom of the ancestors to flow through so that we may know at every turn how to be victorious in our lives and be examples for the world to look towards. We thank you for your guidance, and so it is. Ashe. And I just want to say that, you know, when you look outside, the sun shines on all people. The rain pours on all people. Night falls on all people. And as the day rises, there's a change because the 20th century was the last century burdened the spirit of Mother Earth. The limitations and ignorance of earlier man 
allowed the spirit of greed to claim dominion and ownership over Mother Earth. Greedy men and greedy women ran amok with ravenous abuses, domination, losses, diseases of the mind, body, and spirit. The 21st century is the century that brought true freedom to all people. We must acknowledge the divinity of death, the female, the feminine divinity, not female, but feminine divinity, that we see in each other and stop pettiness of fighting for small things in a big world, I say. So I want to just remind you to open the door of awareness to yourself. Uh, Oprah and the rest of the earth healers are providing the message of opening yourself up for correction and fixing. It's you. You got to look in the mirror at yourself. And, again, I say our special guest tonight is Haru, and I am so excited for him to be on the show, and I give thanks to him last week. Everything that he said was such a blessing because, you know, for myself, I wasn't thinking that my own relationship would go through an eye-opener in which I decide whether to continue or to end it. And, you know, it actually was kind of weak. So I give thanks to you, Haru, because that was powerful, you know, for that that old dude to come right square and look me in the face. <laughs> well, you're welcome, E. I don't know if that was, uh, the bringing me in, but um, I give thanks to a woman. I, I'm sorry. I do talk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I give thanks to a Wumila for sharing that message with us on the uh, on the previous Sunday, so that we, we would be properly prepared for you know the things that came in our path. So I'm just channeling it through. That's all, you know. So, so give thanks for that, definitely. I say, you know what I didn't ask you last week as I listened to the the um, recording from last week because it was powerful. I did not ask you what um, your name meant. Mm, okay, sure. Well, uh, Haru is actually a title that was given to me. Uh, many people call me Haru, but it's actually a title. Um, and Haru means heaven or that which is a, that which is above. And uh, my name is Yuya, actually, Y-U-Y-A. And Yuya uh, means that the Most High, or Ra, shall add unto his power. All right. And uh, Asan means the uh, freedom fighter or the rebellious fighter. And Anu means the people from heaven, those who fell from heaven. So mm-hmm. that is that is the uh, meanings of my name. Wow, that's powerful. And you said that's what language? Or what, well, uh, uh, yeah, Haru is it's Medunetir. Uh, Haru is Kemetic. Yuya is Kemetic. Asan is actually uh, Bantu. And Anu is uh, Kemetic, but there's many different forms of, of Anu. So it's kind of a a mix, somewhat, of, of various regions. 
And do you have a Yoruba name with that? Yes, I, I certainly was given a, a, a Yoruba name, uh, which I don't I don't really use publicly much. So um, when I came in through my, hmm, I think it was my first initiation, uh, it came up that I I wasn't named there then immediately. And then uh, when I came into Ifa, I was given a name, but uh, it's a name that I, I only use, you know, through ceremony and ritual. So in, in any other sense, I, I just, I'm, I'm just you, yeah. Mm. Well, that Peru um, is perfect because we all come from heaven. We're gifts to the oh. planet. And, I, I you know, that, yeah. and people don't really embrace that idea. You know, they look mm. at you like you're a foreign being. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is true. This is true. What is what has become natural is is dysfunctional, or what has come natural is abnormal to people, and what's unnatural or dysfunctional is now normal to everybody. Exactly. You know, I have a couple of other questions that I want to get to, but before I do, I wanted to get your reaction to some of the um, brutality going on in the earth right now with, um, you know, them killing the seals on one part of the world, then uh, slavery again in other parts of the world. They're hanging up uh, maids in Egypt and just a, a constant rust of brutality. Right, right. Well, you know, the thing is, uh, one of, one of the first things we have to kind of come to in terms of our just our reckoning, you know, especially because we're dealing with, a, with a, obviously another segment where we're going to be giving honor and recognition to our Egun or our ancestors. And um, it's very important for us to acknowledge that we can't speak about the Ashe, the, the collective power, the collective pool of energy and life force of our Egun ancestors and just then automatically presuppose that what we consider to be the trauma in the world, that they're not still in control. You know, um, so I would I would never think that uh, any any entity on the planet that is moving against the natural order or the divine order can ever circumvent or supersede the power of my ego. So my first reaction to these things that happen before I have a a human reaction. You know, and I'm always sensitive to the, to the loss of life, and I'm sensitive to the loss of rights, of what I consider to be natural rights or human rights. But my first reaction is always to say, okay, what does this mean spiritually? The ancestors are stirring up a pot and a formula, and that formula comes out in many different ways for us. And, and when you look at it from the human perspective, it may look one way, it may look horrible. Say, oh, man, this is happening, that's happening. The seals are going, the dolphins, they're killing the mermaids out of the water because they've been finding them and killing them. You know, they, they, the birds coming out of the sky, so forth and so on. But my human nature or my flesh nature will have a, a subjective or judgmental response to that. And then my soul, my ori, says, okay, but if I can step outside of my human flesh for a moment and the human experience, what could this possibly mean in a grander scale, and especially if I know that there are there are institutions and entities 
that do function from that occult, or occult just meaning that which is hidden, that hidden and symbolic feminine aspect, are they possibly trying to send a message to my subconscious, or are they possibly trying to make sure that they're always in my mind? Because as soon as we start getting on a nice groove, where we're waking up and we're learning things and people are listening to these shows and they're, they're on the social networks and sharing information, they go and kill one of our sons or they go and kill one of our daughters. And now all of a sudden our attention is shifted there as opposed to on our agenda. So, you know, my initial and I would say even my last reaction would be the ancestors are still in control and I'm looking for the spiritual meaning and the spiritual message in these things that are occurring. Um, as far as what needs to happen, I think it's a wake-up call for all, all of us who are in the spiritual community. We need to stop just sitting back and shaking our heads. But if we truly have, take issue with these things that are happening, happening worldwide, then it's finally time for us to stop doing ebos and spells against one another and start directing them to the source of our anger and the source of our issues, as opposed to going to a babala or an awo every five minutes asking for a candle so you can get back at your ex-wife or your ex-husband. Maybe now it's time to go after these people who have been brutalizing our community and our loved ones for all these years because we have so many people now who are invested in the spiritual community. That's a lot of ashe. You know, just if you look in the New York area, the East, or Miami, which is the Mecca, of a, of a research tradition, you got so many people that can come together and actually start affecting some real change towards these world events. And until they're ready to do that, you know, um, I'm just going to keep looking at the, the overall greatest spiritual seed of, of what's being presented to us. You know, that's very powerful. That's very powerful what you said. And, you know, it's very sad that Excuse me, many people will not um, understand that their role is not to get the spiritual tools to fight against each other as evil people or as spiritual people, but for us to take our spiritual tools and fight against those that would do harm to Mother Earth. That's right. That's right. You know, and and that's something, I mean, and, and, I, and I'm not going to presuppose that that's something that we only began to do when we came here to the continent, I mean, to, to North America. I certainly don't feel that that is true. You know, one of the ways that you can conquer a people is if you ensure and promote and amplify their divisions. But first, the division has to exist. So the, the whole idea of um, oppressors or intruders or invaders coming into the continent and dividing and conquer, you know, it's not really as accurate. There was already division, and that division was exploited, and then we were conquered after that. So we have the same thing that we're facing here. As you know, there are many sects, Ifa tradition here, North America, worldwide even, many sects of Arisha tradition, and there's a strong division that exists. And because of that division, it's very hard for us to get together and do things from a collective sense. You know, right. so I mean, I think we need to start focusing on that a bit more because, you know, the parasitical elite 
they're going to keep doing what they're going to do, and especially because the more they do things, the more we give them our attention, the more we focus our attention towards them. As soon as you look at something, you're shooting rays of ashe at it. You can't help but do that. That's just how energy flows back and forth. If you give something your attention, you help it to materialize better on the planet just by looking at it. So every time they say, well, look, we're going to take one of your children, we're going to brutalize them, then we give energy and power to the same entity that we're sending our disgust, hate, hurt, and anger at. We give energy to it. So it's time for us to start looking at one another, start locking arms and locking hands with one another and saying let's give each other that same energy. Let's build one another up so that we can create um, something that's formidable. So the next time someone thinks about putting their hands on one of our children, they say, you know what, let's think about this, because these are people of retaliation. For some reason, every time we touch them, we crumble. Our, our right. elders get sick. Something happens to our people. Our businesses fail, not just because of economic boycott, but we recognize now these people have finally tapped into the power relationship that exists within their spirituality, not just the master-slave relationship. So That's that would be my, my take on that. Yeah. And you know what? Wow. It's so refreshing because it's a point of view that it's time has come. This is the 21st century. And we've got to close down all those channels towards the violence and the greed and the negativity of the 20th century man that was unevolved. We mm. now should be evolved and elevated in our spirits to know that Ifa is about good character, it's about walking with, you know, your mind open to the spirit of good for everybody. Mm-hmm. not just for yourself. And I think right. that, you know, because many of the, you know, people from my generation that are involved in IFA and a little older and much older, they come out of the generations that are still very much impacted by post-traumatic slave syndrome. And yes. the shadows yes. still follow us into our traditions, even into the religious halls of the Christianity. You see people that are petty, that, you know, do a lot of gossiping, carry on little, you know, negative things, so that our family model is not standing out. Then the family model right. is the model of the village where everybody is involved with the raising of children, everybody's involved with the handling of food, and, you know, and everybody gets. And and we have to begin to, to open up that communal system so that we have a network of survival as Mother Earth retaliates against abuses against her creatures as well as her creation. This is correct. This is correct. And I think it's key what you said in terms of the generational piece and really acknowledging that Ifa is about family. I mean, Ifa, this, this is a family system, you know, and we, we've gotten away from that because we've, you know, we've strived to um, really just homogenize Ifa, 
you know, when we, we got this all-inclusive agenda, and not only do we include all people, which, you know, to, for some that's, that's debatable, but we include all ideas within EFI, and that's not necessarily accurate. EFI is, is a system that's based on um, power relationship, but interdependent relationships. Like you can't just have one Arisha. And just like uh, if you're dealing with a Rumila, you don't just have one aspect of a Rumila or one aspect of Oduduwa or one aspect of Obatula. There are many aspects, and these aspects work hand in hand. It's about cooperation. And in losing that, if you haven't really grasped the understanding of spiritual cooperation that must occur, then the reality is you have not even touched Ifa yet. What you're touching is an artificial spirit that is posing as Ifa. Because like you said, Ifa is about Iwa, or like we say, Iwa Rere. Iwa Rere is good, is good character or gentle character. And when you speak about Mother Earth, you know, we have uh, Iwa Ope'ile, where we also often say is uh, Iwa Puele. But Iwa Puele is a shortened version of Iwa Ope'ile, which means I give reverence to the earth. Now, many people know that Iwa Puele, I mean, you can't go anywhere in the Ifa community. I hear every five minutes, Iwa Puele, Iwa Puele. you got to have Iwa Puele. So there's a constant reference back to the reverence that we're supposed to have for our source of physical life and sustenance. And if you don't have that, you don't have Ifa. Plain and simple, if you're working with the Babalao and Iya Nifa and that's your padrino or that's your madrino, and that, that consciousness is not there, you don't have a Babalao. You don't have an Iya Nifa. You have someone who's serving an artificial spirit and has been hoodwinked. Because it, it's, you know, you can work with the Arisha because Arisha are more cosmic and earth energies. You can work with those energies and still have a strong measure of imbalance even. Because you came into the world with those Orishas. You came in with your Ogun. You came in with your Shango. You came in with your Ochosi or Oko. You came into the world with those things. But Ifa is a transcendental state, just like Olorun. Olorun means owner of the skies. So when, you, when we speak about the sky, we're speaking about the transcendental nature of Olodumare. And Ifa, Obatala, and Orumila, that's trans, trans, transcendental nature. So you have to transcend human thought. So once, as soon as you transcend human thought, you transcend individuality. And if you're dealing with someone or, you know, who says or proclaiming the system and they're stuck in individuality, they've never actually crossed the veil into the trinity of Yoruba, which is Orumila, Obatala, and Duduwa. They, they haven't even gotten there. You know, and that's something, like you said, that's something that we need to start looking at and recognizing because, again, it is a family-based system. More importantly, it's a character-based system. And without those elements present, we don't really even actually have the system. And this is one of the reasons why continentals laugh at us because we're, we're running with this Western individualism. And like you said, we superimpose them into these traditions and we bastardize them when we do that. We bastardize them. And this is, you know, because of that, we lose a lot of power that we could possibly have. A lot. I think I lost you. Yeah. No, you yeah. didn't. I was just listening. Oh, okay. And just tuning in to the magnificence of your voice that uh, lets us know that, you know, it's sort of like, you know, you as a vessel for the ancestors to speak it. 
Um, I did ask you to look into some of the ancestor messages for 2014 for people. Right. Okay. And, um, yeah, I got you. What did you find? Okay. Um, real interesting. Um, you know, I was I was kind of just doing some some work. You know, having having some conversation with, with the Agun. And um, one of the things that's very key in this time for us in terms of us um, communicating with the ancestors is finally um, graduating to more effective communication, okay? Um, it's it's kind of like, you know, when you're a child or when you have a child even and they seek to communicate with you, you know, you learn you learn their language. You learn their language and you're able to uh, share ideas with them and uh, convey ideas with them in the simplistic manner in which they're able to interpret and understand them. But then as they grow and they mature, you're able to have another level of conversation with them. You know, and at some point you may even have, even though you recognize this is my child, you're able to have really a peer-to-peer conversation with them. One of the things that the Egon is really stressing at this time is learning how to properly speak to them, okay? There are certain things that will bring them to call. For instance, uh, I can speak to my elders all day. You know, let's say you know, I take my grandfather. Now, my grandfather loves James Brown. He just he, he thinks James Brown is responsible for the, all the black unity that actually exists on the planet currently. <laughs> He's got a whole theory behind it. So yeah. I can talk to him all day, but if I throw on some James Brown, if I throw on some vinyl, if I throw on a James Brown record, I have my grandfather's ear for the rest of the day because I'm communicating with him in a form that charges his spirit, okay, as opposed to getting him to understand what I'm speaking about, okay? Um, So one of the key things now is really growing up with our communication. If we understand uh, the the sacred Odu, which is the the second Odu in the order of uh, the Odu Ifa is Oyeku Meji. And Oyeku Meji means the owner, the spirit, or the science of death. Uh, so when we're speaking about death, we're obviously speaking about transformation, but it's a, it's a completely uh, feminine and contractive odu represented by not only water, but also the earth itself, oyeku meji. Okay, um, but when you're dealing with that, you're dealing with um, water energy or earth energy, you're dealing with cool negating energies. So once the ancestors go into that space, and in most most instances when they return, they come from that space, we have to look at the polar complement that can be used to charge them back up. The polar complement would be wind and fire. Okay, that would be the polar complement. So um, one of the things that they kept kind of sharing with me was the syntax the syntax of ancestral communication. And they kept saying to me that fire is the syntax of communication with ancestors. All right. Now, I know a lot of people probably listening have probably had an experience. I know when I was a child, you know, we all love staring at fire, everybody. I mean, we love fireplaces, candles, you know, that's it, kind of universal. Just as much as we love staring at water. What's that, sis? Playing with matches. But- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I caught a couple when I was a kid on that one, definitely. <laughs> playing with matches, yeah. I still got some scars from that one. That wasn't from the flame, that was from the beating. But, uh, yeah, playing playing with matches, you know. Um, 
And, you know, but we that staring, and you'll find that if you stare at flames, especially if you can get like a fireplace flame with this, you know, several things popping off at once, you start to see faces inside of the fire, okay? And that was something I always noticed as a child, to stare and look for like little faces and animals that would appear in flame. But what what came to me as I was as I was um, communing and having fellowship with with our Agoon was that when you look at the the movement and the flicker of the flame, what you're actually seeing is letters being created. Okay, when you look at some of the old lettering, two kingdoms. When you look at the old lettering, um, the Zulu lettering. If anybody gets the opportunity, look at the Zulu lettering, and you look at lettering from the Nod. Kingdom, kingdom, N-O-D. This was the kingdom that predated the Yoruba kingdom. In that same, that same region, they were called the Nod, and they actually had an alphabet. That alphabet greatly resembles the Hebraic alphabet. Now, if anybody knows anything about the Hebraic alphabet, the Hebraic alphabet was developed off of fire. It was considered a fire language because the shapes of the actual letters were derived from the shapes that flames would make when you would light a fire, okay? So this is something that came to me um, as I was doing this, that one of the ways that we can start to, uh, we'll say, tune into the frequency is by using language and syntax that comes from fire, okay? And not just fire, but fire and wind elementals, okay? We know um, our native brothers and sisters here, they, they use a lot of flute music, okay? Even right. uh, our brothers and sisters in the Andes, flute, everything is flute, you know, very interesting. Uh, we know, of course, uh, our egun, such as our egun in Mali, uh, they use what was called the djembe, and the djembe is nothing but uh, goat skin and wood, okay? So that's earth. Everything that, that makes a djembe is made of earth, and there's a hole at the bottom that pushes wind out of the bottom. That's where all the main sound is. You have the slap tones up top, but all the wind that boom, boom, it comes out of the bottom of the drum where there's wind. And obviously there's fire because that drum is held, especially uh, the men who play, uh, they, they hold that drum while they're standing. They stand in a horse position, and the drum is positioned right on top of the genitals. Okay, right on top of the genitals. There are sisters who play uh, drum, but the drum they usually play is called the dundun or the dundun, right? And the dundun is a is a deep. That's that bass bottom bottom sound, and that sound actually came from when the sisters in the village used to um, grind mill, and they would do it around the same time, and they would do it in rhythm. So you would hear that they had these big. Um, it almost looked like humongous mortar and pestles, which is basically what it was. But they were big enough so that they can stand and do it and strap their babies to their back. And you would hear it go, doom, doom, doom. And you'd hear that reverberate throughout the village, but all the sisters would be doing it together. That was that bass, low-end, melanated rhythm that the sisters would keep, that timing, so that the brothers could come on top of it with the djembe. Now, all of this is earth energy. This is all earth energy. This is very similar to um, what Sammy Davis Jr. and the Hines brothers used to do for us. Okay? What Absolutely. they used to do for us was a thing that was called hoofing. They were tap dancing. Mm -hmm. And that hoofing and that tap dancing, that sound was waking up the spiritual energy of the earth. That was Iwapuele 
or what some would call raising the kundalini of the earth vibration. So that was a, that was a very spiritual thing that uh, Sammy Davis Jr. Used, used to do. And remember also, he was a Hebrew, or he acknowledged the fact that blacks are Hebrews. Okay? Right. So it goes back again to that ancestral vibration. So am I telling everyone um, the ancestors are saying learn Hebrew um, in order to communicate with them? Certainly. I'm saying that. Uh, but I'm also saying that start getting into your fire meditations, okay, and start understanding the nature of fire, and then you'll understand how ancestors are going to respond to that's occurred on the planet, which is what we were speaking about earlier. Even when you read the Bible, it speaks about, I will not send a flood again, but I'm going to come back this time in fire. Okay, fire is a purifying energy. That was the ancestors saying that. We're not coming back this time uh, through water because last time when you look at the word nun or nun, which is one of the forms of, of the name Jacob or Yaqub, it means of the water or child of the water. Now they're saying when we come back, when we reincarnate, we're not coming back through, through the, the water of the womb, we're coming back through the fire of the womb and, and the phallus. We're coming back with fire this time because we're coming back to purify. So what you want to do now, those who are listening, start getting on your fire meditation. Start getting on your fire breathing, your dragon breathing, getting on that. Then you align yourself with that ancestral vibration. They're now moving with fire. And I don't want those who may be Christians listening to um, liken that to hell. Please don't do that because hell is not hot. <laughs> you know, church song, hell's not hot. I don't want to go. Do you want to go? Hell no. That's the, don't don't do that. <laughs> hell is freezing. Hell is when you're frozen in your ways of action, your ways and actions. That's what hell is. Hell is not a hot place. Hell is a freezing place. When things are alive and they're active, they're warm or they're hot. When things come to a rest or they end, they turn stiff and they turn cold. Okay, so they're coming back with that fire energy. And that's one of the things that we really need to um, li align ourselves with in this time and in this season, things that are hot, that shango energy or uh, the pupo, the, 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 the hot and fiery orisha, oyas. Um, she, has, she represents fire and at the same time, which, of course, you guys know, Oya is the emissary and the bodyguard of the Egun, or the ancestors. Okay, she's the one that escorts them um, to what we call the Bardo period. That's that three-day period when uh, a spirit is still, still lingering, lingering over the body before it goes off. Now, that's the time that the spirit spends its time with Olokun. Okay, so when, when our Egun go, they, they transition, they go with Olokun, they learn certain secrets. Meanwhile, they're guarded by Oya, and then they go to where they're supposed to go, to either the ancestral kingdom or they go back to, to Orun. But this is happening through the energy of fire, so it's Oya's time now. Remember, in our Hindu pantheon, this is now our Hindu system. We are now in the Kali Yuga era. This is, this is what the era that we're currently in call, is called, Kali Yuga. Kali Yuga means the age of ignorance. Kali Yuga. But Kali is the Hindu form of Oya. Okay? Now, very important, the devotees the that Kali had many, many years ago, 
the devotees would wear red scarves, red scarves over their head. And this is how they were signified as devotees of Kali. Now, we know that red is one of Oya's colors. Now, not only that, they were called thuggies. This is what their name was, thuggies. Okay, so of course now we're in the era of the thug with the red scarf on his head. So it goes similar to what we were speaking about earlier when we were saying, okay, there, there is a human story that's happening when these things are going on, but they also are here to herald change in spiritual events. Okay, there was a time that calling yourself a thug, even if you were a tough guy, saying that you were a thug just didn't really make sense because it just... You know, when I was coming up, you could be tough. You could even be a, a street kid. You could be a stick-up kid, but you also had to have something else going for you in order just to get girls. You could be a stick-up right. kid, but you better be good at football or, or have, a, have a job or something like that, even if you're what we call them B-boys. You might have been a B-boy, but you had to have something else. Now you can just be a thug. You don't have to have anything going on for you. But that represents that thuggy energy that has reincarnated back on the planet, that's that fiery red energy. And I'm not telling people to align themselves with the thugs, but what I'm saying is that recognize the spiritual story when it's coming forth and you lead the charge. Don't sit back and observe it. They send us these signs ahead of time so we can start guiding the energy and helping it to get where it's supposed to go. That's what the Egun are telling us for 2014. I say. I say, that is very true. So in terms of, like, some protections and, you know, because fire meditation can be very, um, un, you know, really if you haven't gone that path, you know, it could be a little uncontrollable, uh, maybe even not discernible, you know, um, are there any protections that we should look towards, you know, you know, maybe keeping mm-hmm. a cool, cool glass of water nearby or, you know, some ice right. or mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. See, well, we're in an era now where there are, um, okay, for, for instance, we, we have, like, you know, um, a, lot of, a lot of occult information. I will call it occult or New Age, quote-unquote, because we know there's no such thing as that, but we'll call it New Age for now. Uh, material and information started to come out around 2006, 2005, right? And that's when we had the introduction of, like, movies like The Secret. And then once that came out, there was, like, a windfall of these um, law of attraction, name it and claim it, the abundance movement, so forth and so on. And one of the reasons that, all of that information came out and gave you some step-by-steps in manifesting abundance and bliss and all these other great things in your life is because that we're not in an era where that stuff works anymore. Okay, so what, what that was, what they're speaking about there is what we call white magic. Okay, and white magic is the magic of order. Okay, it's the magic because white magic is light magic, and light magic is masculine magic. Okay, that's the magic like... um. Uh, the Solomon magic or, or the seals of Solomon with the specific steps that you have to go through. Even if you make a wand, you have to make a wand out of, out of certain wood and you have to right. consecrate it at a certain time of the month. You bury it and you have to wear a certain thing. You have to be sky clad or you have to wear purple. Da, 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 da. This is, the, this is the, the magic of order. Okay, this is orderly 
magic, which is an aspect of Eshu and an aspect of Yemajah, one of the aspects, okay? But we're in the realm now of black magic. That's why they're giving you all the books and videos and everything on white magic. They know it doesn't work anymore. This is not the dispensation for for masculine magic. That's why everyone's talking about, oh, the queen's got to come out. The queen's got to come out. It's not to say that um, your power is going to come from a woman or we need to be up underneath women, but what it's representing is now is the, the time for chaos magic. Now is the time for – because chaos magic is nothing but creative magic. So chaos magic is the ritual and protection that you come up on with on your own. It's not out of a book. It doesn't say, okay, these are the steps you have to follow. It's the things that you just consider yourself. You say, you know what, I'm going to put a wind chime by my front door. I just feel like I should. I like the sound of it. You know, and of course I could say because, well, when you open up that door and the chimes go over your aura, it actually breaks up. Any, any frequency of vibration that's currently stuck or clung to your aura. I could say that, but there's something in you that's going to kind of know it anyway. Okay, so it's the same thing when, when we're dealing with fire meditation. When you're looking into the fire or you're surrounding yourself with hot things, even if it's cayenne pepper, cayenne pepper in a paper bag and using that to clean yourself with or to protect yourself with or making a, a, a charm out of it. You can use tobacco oil oil, I'm sorry, St. John's root, um, I mean, high John root, and some cayenne pepper. Sure, you can do that. Put it in a satchel, and you can keep it in your purse, pocket, or bag, or whatever. Certainly, you can do those things. But it's the rituals that you will derive of from your own dark energy in this time that will be the most effective and powerful for you. I can't stress that enough. And I know that's very difficult because that, that can be very scary for people. You know, saying that I have to be my own self-savior. Yes, we're in a time of self-saving. That's true. You, know. you have to look in the mirror, too. <laughs> right, Dude, exactly. And you can't be afraid of what you see. <laughs> you know, I had a client, um, not a client, it was a friend of mine some years ago who I was introducing to the sciences, a sister, and... Um, you know, she was coming out of the Christian paradigm, and she was still in it. She wasn't interested in leaving, but she just recognized that there's there's more than what I've been learning. There's more out there. Okay. And um, she had told me that she didn't like looking in, in the mirror for too long. And I said, why not? She said, well, haven't you ever looked in the mirror and you look in your own eyes and, and it just, isn't it kind of scary to you? And I was like, well, explain more. She said, I see something sometimes. Sometimes I see something moving in there, and it's just it's so frightening. I just have to get away from the mirror. So, you know, that fear of self. And that's when we go to the Orisha Shango. See, Shango's arrogance and cockiness that we talk about all the time, what that really is is Shango represents that moment that we come into our life path where we're not afraid of our own power. We say, yeah, I got this. I got this. I'm not afraid. I'm a powerful magician. Or I'm a powerful owl, and my magic works. And that's okay. it. There's no second guessing it. That's the energy of Shango. I'm not afraid of my power. That's why he's made it to Oya. Oya deals with the fear of transformation because she deals with the Egun, where we still have that fear. So when you have that fear, that's when you pull Shango closer to you and say, nope, I got this. I'm not afraid of myself. 
So when you're dealing with fire meditation, you've got to understand that all you're doing is looking at a mirror of the fire that's inside of your body already. You're not pulling something external inside. You're not, you're not conjuring or anything like that. You're looking at yourself. And, and what you're looking at is the, the ancestral rumblings that are inside of you. It's very similar to heart attacks, right? A lot of people, they die of heart attacks, but they're not really dying of the heart attack. There's two reasons why people die when they have heart attacks. is because they become dehydrated, number one, and number two is because of high blood pressure. But when you really look at that, what's happening is that there's an alchemical process that's occurring inside of the blood. And that alchemical process, that transformation, causes the body to heat up. Ashe is hot. Ashe is not a, not a cold energy. You know, if anybody's ever worked in it or even been at a bimbe, and you touch someone who's been dancing or, you, or even some of their sweater drop on you, you feel like somebody just dropped acid on you. That's you know, I, I've been in, yeah, yeah, you've probably experienced it. Yeah. You know, I've been in situations before where I'm doing work, and um, some of the ebo falls on me, some of the ashe from the ebo, and I, I get blisters, like like I just got burnt, you know, because that ashe energy is hot. Okay, so um, what you're really doing is you're just connecting with the ashe and the fire that's already inside of you. And that fire, that alchemical process, that heating up of things is your ancestors putting the work in. That's why when we see these things happening around the world, we have to always realize and recognize, well, you know what, yeah, that's happening, but I have a universe or universe, which may be a better term. I have an universe inside of me, and inside of that universe is a whole lot of, lot of activity happening because I can feel my body heating up, and I know that it's happening because the earth is reflecting that heat in the form of global warming. Exactly. So we got this. <laughs> we got this. So just like I'm telling you, don't be afraid to stare at a candle, don't you dare be afraid of global warming either. You're fine. You're going to be okay. It's those who are not doing the alchemical process and heating up and raising up to their highest potential, raising up that what the, what the, the Zulu call Upalini or what the Hindus call Kundalini, raising up that Kundalini snake of Dambala, what we say in, in Vudun, that's the Dambala snake, or Ayuedo. If you're not raising up and going on to the head of that snake, then, yeah, you might have some problems when, when global warming continues to come. And sorry, that's why we're having these hurricanes and tornadoes. It's because of global warming. And one of the reasons that the signs that we got is when they spilt all that, that uh, oil in the oceans a couple of years ago, the oil leak. All that was was the ashe of the planet because oil is just the planet's blood. So that was just ashe. So that was, a, again, a sign for us. Now, we could look at it and say, oh, man, they spilt all this oil in the water. We could say that, certainly. But we can also say the planet allowed that to happen. The ancestors orchestrated that in order to heat things up because now that there's oil in the water, the currents of the water are now hotter than normal. And because of the hotter currents, we're having more tornadoes and hurricanes or more destructive ones and even the tsunamis, which coincidentally, when they, there, was, there was a brother who had charted, uh, this was back in 2003 when the tsunami hit, he was charting the uh, paths that these hurricanes were taking, and they were taking the same exact paths that were, happening, hap, that were taken during, during the Ma'afa when our ancestors were enslaved and they were carried along the boats. Now, this has got to be more than accident. 
that a hurricane would follow the exact route that, that our ancestors traveled when they were taken from the continent and brought to North America. So, yeah, again, uh, don't be afraid of the fire. Well, let me just ask you, were you able to throw uh, old dude for this week? Uh, I can do that. Oh, that would be that. great. We have about 11 minutes. To... Mm-hmm. Okay. The Odu for the next seven days will be the Odu of Osa Ofun or Osafun. Very interesting. Again, we're talking about the, the Egum. Osa is the patron Odu or Osa Meji of Oya. Okay? And, of course, we know when we, we're dealing with Osa, Osa, the word itself, relates itself to the word, the English word tide, like the tide of the, the, the ocean's tide or the sea tide. Okay, so we're, we're dealing with that that aspect of rhythm, okay, earth rhythm. The earth rhythm is evidenced by the water's tide, how it pulls back and forth, right? And then we have ofun. Ofun relates us to obatala, very similar to the word efun, which you know is that white chalk that we use for, for various right. purposes, right? Um, so when you're dealing with the, with the energy of osafun, you're dealing with allowing things to let go and release in order for death to occur, okay? Because the symbol for Ofun is an egg, is the egg, okay? Now, the egg represents birth and life all in one place, okay? It's rebirth, but it's also death that's happening in one place, and it's the, um, it's the decompiling of things. It's the breaking down of things, but at the same time, allowing things to recompile. So it's a decompiling and the recompiling. So again, ofun usually comes up when we're we're coming to the end of a relationship or the end of a business situation, so forth and so on. And osa represents itself to us as our ability to let go, our ability to not take life so seriously. Because oya is the wind of changes, the winds of change. Okay, you hold on to something too much that hurricanes don't come blow it away anyway. This is really speaking of is letting go of fears, okay? Now, everybody knows what their fears are. We don't have the same ones, okay? Everyone has different ones. And you know that the things that are in your path, the ajogon or the obstacles, those, those fears that are in your path that are currently blocking your ability to break out of the egg. Now, you can be someone's omelet or you can be that phoenix that arises from the ashes but coming first, first from that cosmic egg. Okay, so really what you want to do in this season to give honor and tribute to the energy of Osha Fun, uh, my suggestion as far as ritual is a 21 egg cleanse ritual. Get yourself 21 eggs, palm oil, and Fun. Okay, you want Fun, not cascaria. If you go to a lot of botanicas and you ask for Fun, they will give you um, crushed eggshells. It's not the same thing. You need Fun. Nigerian Efun. If you cannot find uh, Efun, you can use hyssop, okay? And what you're going to do is you're going to sprinkle that along with the palm oil. You're going to put it all over the eggs, okay? And then you're going to clean yourself with each egg. And each time you clean yourself with that egg from head to toe, 
you're going to release that, that fear that you know is blocking your path to your spiritual ascension. You're going to release that one fear. You're going to do this 21 times with each egg. Now, uh, or with each time with each egg, which is going to equal 21 times, 21 different fears. When you're done, you're going to take those eggs. You're going to put them right back into the carton or wherever you got them from. You're going to take them to the highest place that you can get to, and you're going to leave them there. You're going to leave them there also with a knife stuck into the ground or on top of that, that, that pile of eggs next to them, okay, and pour, pour palm oil over everything. Along with that, you're going to have brown sugar in your hand. Are you What's feeding that? the mothers? Yeah. Are you feeding the mothers? Feeding the mothers? Mm-hmm. Not, not, the in, not, not in this ritual. No, you're okay. cleaning yourself with the eggs. Very similar to if we take okay. a chicken. Sometimes we clean ourselves with chicken. Okay. Right. So this, this is a form of it. This is a form of doing it. So you don't have to do it with a chicken. You can do it with the eggs. Um, so mm-hmm. we're going to leave those there. We'll leave it with the knife as well. You'll have brown sugar in your hand. Do not look back at those eggs. When you walk away, turn your back. Do not look back at them. And you're going okay. to be tossing um, sprinkles of that brown sugar over your shoulder, saying, behind the bitter comes the sweet. Behind the bitter comes the sweet. Keep saying that until the sugar is out of your hand. Okay? That's giving homage okay. and energy to the energy of Osha Efun, Osha Fun which we're going to need for the next seven days. That's the letting go of those fears that we know are keeping us from being what we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to be. Your superhuman powers are not supernatural. They're, super, they're not superhuman. Really, they're just you being you. And, and there's a lot of people in this season who are not able to be them because they've had fear programmed into them and turned into a right. real entity, into a real spirit. So we're going to start... Slicing at that spirit of fear, slicing at it, slicing and dicing. I say, and we have to because fear is the dominant thing and there's nothing to be afraid of because the will of whomever you serve will serve you. Mm. And that's whether you call it internal or external. Mm Mm-hmm. This is correct. The time that it really does work for us. But mm-hmm. um, that is a powerful do, and I definitely uh, see doing that, and I appreciate you coming forward with that information for the listeners to be able to go and do something to uh, work on their individual things and, and carry a protection for themselves. So that's a blessing. I hope everybody takes advantage of it because you're blessing the airways. Uh, I definitely um, am really enjoying talking to you, and I'd like to really set up a, a, a kind of a thing where we do it maybe not every week, but maybe monthly, come on and we talk about some relevant things because you have given so many um, excellent tools, to spiritual tools to use tonight that um, listeners that are connected to African spirituality, just connected to any spirituality, 
can really elevate themselves. And that's what the Hour of Power is about. It's not about any one particular, you know, uh, truth in terms of spiritual and religious truth. It's really the best of all things, you know. Mm. And uh, one of the problems that um, started is that people want to connect to their ancestors, but they're so afraid. But we don't have time to go into that, and that's what I want to talk about, you know, uh, getting past the fears and what some of the things you can do. But we have three minutes, and I want you to share your um, programs and how people can contact you because, you know, if people learned, there wouldn't be fears. You know, you you would get it. Right. You know, right. because what you, you're telling me, it took me many years to, you know, tonight, what are you telling us? It took me many years to understand and even to process it. Right. So we can't expect well, you know, people to have initiated. Yeah. No, no, I'm listening to you. I'm sorry. I'm listening. Oh, no, I'm finished. I was talking about the people <laughs> that got it initiated. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, it's definitely, we speak about community, you know, um, any any calculation that you've heard on this evening you know, it did not come. I'm, I'm not uh, the the um, representation that people think Buddha was, or the representation that people think Christ was. And it's this individual thing, or like Newton, he's sitting under a tree and a and an apple falls on his head, and he discovers gravity. No, whatever calculations that I've discovered have happened within a communal setting. This is just not me by myself, but there's a team of elders and children especially, you know, and, and family members, and I sit and I observe and I talk and I get information from everyone, and we have to come together as a collective. That's how we learn best, and that's how we teach best. You know, so I'm, I'm certainly open to sharing with the community again, and we can, you know, discuss that, you know, offline and see what we can come up with that will best serve the, you know, the people. But um, in terms of, of getting in touch with me, uh, I run a school at saduluhouse.com, which is S-A-D-U-L-U-H-O-U-S-E.com, uh, where I, you know, cover obviously the Yoruba system, but many other systems as well, and, and we deal with spiritual education. Uh, for people who want more information on Orisha, they can go to orishareligion.com, O-R-I-S-H-A-R-E-L-I-G-I-O-N.com. Uh, Arisha is not a religion, by the way, but this, that's the name I was able to get. <laughs> so just, but it's Arisha I religion. I, I didn't hear what you just said. <laughs> well, I was saying uh, the, the site is ArishaReligion.com. Arisha mm-hmm. is not a religion, but that's the name that I was able to get. So I want people. To, I just wanted, wanted to put that disclaimer out there that the, you know uh, we're not dealing with a religion, but we're dealing with self-actualizing spirituality. Awesome. Um, yeah, and if anyone has a question, you know, they can always uh, send me an email or send my, my team an email at questions at anunation.org. That's the word questions and at A-N-U-N-A-T-I-O-N dot O-R-G. And um, my team will make sure um, it's routed to me if you have a question for me or about classes or anything else. 
I say, and we give thanks for them to do that, and we give thanks to you for coming here and giving us this magnificent information that I certainly hope that everyone really reaches outside of themselves to utilize, especially uh, priestesses and priests, you know, uh, really coming together and examining how we can do this so that we're working as spiritual tools for the betterment of Mother Earth, for the betterment of the planet, and for the the children of Mother Earth, you know, and from the children that come from heaven, we really have to do something better. So I appreciate you, and uh, we definitely will talk offline. Um, I know I wanted to um, just uh, find out, oh, I'm in New York now. So I wanted to find out when you have, like, uh, maybe a celebration or whatever that I can come visit you. Definitely. We're, we're in the process of setting that up. We, we can definitely talk on that right now. We're doing some things. I'm, I'm actually getting ready to head over to the uh, West Coast for a, a little bit to do some work for some people, um, some spiritual work. So uh, I'll be out there. But also, if anybody who's listening who wants to link up, definitely send an email the questions at a new nation while I'm out there, or if you know anybody who's doing the work or spiritual bookstores, so forth and so on, I'm looking to make links while I'm I'm there doing this work. And then when I come back, yeah, we we actually have some stuff where we're, we're coordinating now for our our local New York folks, so we can interface face to face. So we definitely will bring you in on that. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that, and I will be in touch. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for coming by and sharing your information and knowledge. And, you know, people think information and knowledge really not. It all is forced. You hear these things tonight and you don't put them in effect. You have no one to blame but yourself when your spiritual tools are taken from you. And, you know, you're made to suffer because you didn't use them in the right way. This is true. So I give I I definitely give thanks to you and I want to share with all of our listeners that we really do care about you, we love you. We want you to be prepared for twenty fourteen. We want you to have the type of uh, spiritual tools that you'll need to survive because twenty fourteen is gonna be a hard year for many people. And people are going to be looking here and there, and it's not going to be anywhere. But inside them, they have to find the strength to stand up. Mm. So I bid you a good night, and I look forward to talking with you again. I definitely look forward to um, putting something together that is, you know, instructional and informational and just really opens up the heavens for other people, Ashe. Ashe. Odupe Ia. Odabo. Odabo. All right. Odabo. Well, have a magnificent week, and I definitely will be tell- letting you know how that Odu turns out. Oh, and I wanted to say that the beginning of the show, the Olo Dumari prayer was also 
wong baba ito kumbu ito kumi ate wale evolved from his 15 old dude 